Let's do it. We're going. All right. Welcome to FTF Podcast, censored by Apple, hated by none, listened to by eight people. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm with Ed Zitron. Ed, how are you today? I'm great. I'm fine. I'm I'm reading these funny names from your script, like Vupal Albungus and Pimpo Wongo, and there's also... Uh, quite a few other ones and I'm deliberately closing the window because otherwise I will spend most of my day and all of this podcast reading. <laughs> so I uh, uh, I actually got rate limited and uh, I don't know what the number is. I think it's somewhere in the hundreds. It must be three, four hundred, something around there. Uh, so, so what happened was uh, all the time I will take a screenshot of an article, but I'll like Photoshop it and I'll Make it so the article says something ridiculous. Did you actually Photoshop it, or did you do the thing in Chrome where you highlight it and inspect and change shit? Um, well, I do inspect Element because that's like easier than yeah, matching yeah. fonts. But then I always oh, uh, no, it's, and it looks great. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, I, but I always go in. I always go into Photoshop and I tighten it up a little bit just so it's not quite as, as hard to read. The old Drew toothpaste sizzle. Yeah, punch it up a little bit. Yeah, so. Uh, but uh, there's a columnist. Uh, there's there's a reporter for the Guardian. His name is Alex Hearn. Really nice guy. Um, and Gen- genuinely, what's funny is Drew had no idea, but Alex and I like we're pretty good mates. <laughs> so I saw this, I was like, what? What's what's? Does he know Alex? What? Do-? And it no, that's not what happened. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> what? Yeah, what happened is I just I I picked out an article that I thought had millennial vibe and I changed it. And I said, uh, you know, millennials believe they have, uh, and I made it and the headline of course is not real. I wrote this, but I said, millennials are increasingly believing that they have a quote sixth sense to tell when they need to eat food. It's called food (laughs) mood. And of course this got people absolutely (laughs) crazy angry, um, and, uh, what I usually, uh, uh, I, I didn't do it like very, uh, very cleanly. I accidentally left this guy, Alex's picture on there. I'll usually take it and replace it with somebody else's picture. Um, and I posted it and within like 60 seconds, somebody had blown up the guy's picture and I, and I replaced his name because I was like, well, you know, this guy didn't write this article. So I took his name off it. And I replaced his name with the name Django Dortz. And uh, Django. Django Dortz, yeah. And so uh, I, I, you know, posted it and I said, you know, there are so many things wrong with this article that I can't even go into it. And everybody responded. And of course, it's like you leave it open and then everybody completes the idea, which is, yeah, it's not called food mood. It's called hunger. Uh, but of course, people... <laughs> Ah, that's the best thing about Twitter. When people go and explain your joke or make it worse. That's the best. I love it when I make a joke and so and so and it's like a typo, deliberate typo or like I say something wrong deliberately and people are like, "Ah, well, uh, just stepping in just in case you didn't know." And it's like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, I guess." Yeah, that was Thanks. For- and it's always when it's the basis of the joke, right? And it's always when it's an obvious one as well. If I fuck up something normally, like one person will like really sheepishly DM me and go, uh, yeah, Ed, um, Lisbon is not the capital of 
Syria. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to explain and apologize to everyone. And it will be super awkward. But no, when it's like, I done shit my ass and you're, and it's Y-O-U-R, yeah, yeah. an idiot. And they're like, well, um, actually, and it's like, come on, man, I don't need your fuck. I don't need this shit. I don't, need, I don't need your fucking corrections. Or the worst are the ones who, like, respond and make it worse. They think they're adding to the joke. Oh, yeah. And they just make it worse. Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's structural. I think it's it's set up almost to encourage this like over participation by everybody. But I actually so I exploited this today. So I posted this yesterday and and Alex immediately responded to me and said, you know, he actually changed. He changed his very super funny guy. I talked with him a little bit. He changed his display name to Django Dortz. And he he trolled people who responded to it and said, yeah, you know, uh, this is millennial. This is stupid millennial shit. This is this should be this is known as hunger. Right. Oh, and uh, so oh my God. so he, just the responses are so bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah, absolutely. And I never I mean, I I understand from from a human standpoint why it happens but you know if you go online looking for funny stuff and you see something funny and then your response is to suck all the humor out of it you know you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy that you won't find anything funny online but so uh so i have a script and uh i was talking about this with ed yesterday when this whole thing blew up and the script uh writes these names like Fort Grongo, Kroon Kremopert, yeah. Tholm Jupert, Borb Plungus, Tharbo Plops, just all these names. Uh, it, it's just a little... Dim- Dimpo more, more Pombies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it just puts like these gross sounding syllables together. Veft Wongus. I got I got Ed looking at it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn. But uh, uh, I've turned it off now. So it's a script, and so I said, "Hey, you know," and and I just thought, you know, because I don't. Uh, it's very hard for me to interact with people because, like Ed just said, you know, people will blow up the joke or they'll, you know, try well, to. Someone responded in the worst way. They took your joke and did their own version. Yes, yes. And they changed his name to like his like Twitter name to Jongo Fett, which is just fucking like they he at they added a Twitter name Jongo underscore Fett, mm. which is just really fucking unfunny. And it's millennials ruin business by not having money. So it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. the joke, the original joke being that it was kind of like a funny name and it's a funny story and like so blatantly stupid. Right. And so obviously, and they made it by, now I'm going to make a fucking statement. I'm going to make a a joke with a statement hidden in it. And it's like, God damn it. Just fucking. And some of these people absolutely believe this is real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One person just responded with, this is a parody. <laughs> Great for fucking hell. Nothing past that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody some responded with, this has to be a joke article. And then my favorite, which is, yeah, it's called being hungry. What's with the weird obsession with articles about how millennials are some weird alien species? The ones I know are great young people. I'm 62. Who are smart, kind, think globally and speak their minds. <laughs> 
poor, poor. In that one, that like, one. I actually feel bad for that. Like, like yeah. some old lady just like enjoying the sweets. Yeah, yeah. No, that's too bad because uh, you know, of course, millennials uh, are normal people. Uh, they basically experience the normal range of human emotions. Um, no extra ones. No, no extra ones. No, no. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I posted today and I said, hey, you know, if you want your own journalist name, respond to me. So I, I ran my script a, a few hundred times and I, I got some names from it and uh, I responded to people. And finally, Twitter said, uh, I just I just found it. Twitter said, uh you are over the daily limit for sending tweets. I don't know if any of you guys have gotten this. I've never tweeted this many times. I've sent a, a shitload of DMs, of course. I don't think they limit you doing that, but they said, you are over the daily limit for sending tweets. Please wait a few hours and try again. And it's because I responded to people named... Uh, I responded to somebody named Zork Buffy, and I said, your journalist name is Marm Burtz. And I responded to uh, uh, Kiwa. I I don't know how to pronounce that. And I said, your journalist name is Thempo Flamumps. So uh, not going to look. Yeah. Not <laughs> so uh, word to the wise, if if you plan on tweeting 300, 500 times in a day, slow it down. Twitter will stop you, of course. Uh, no intention of stopping uh, the spam bots that contact me every day and uh, ask me if I want to go out with them and, and uh, you know, no way of stopping, you know, the Nazis, white supremacists, whatever. Uh, uh, and as we, as we uh, have talked about before, you know, that's, uh, that's a problem. And I think that leads us, Ed, in, into what we've been talking about which is the problem of notifications. Yeah, so on my wedding day, over a year ago, I picked up my phone and I was like, fuck it, one day I'm going to give myself some sweet relief. So I took a gun. No, I didn't take a gun. I had no guns in my wedding. It was real. No, I, um, I took my phone and I turned off not all notifications. I didn't put it on airplane mode, but I turned off at the time, email, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Yeah. And it was wonderful. It's a wonderful day for many, many other reasons. And however, my phone, I had no idea whether I got an email, whether I got anything. It was amazing. It was so good. And then I never really turned all of it back on. I think I turned back on email notifications for a day and I felt physically sick. So I turned them off. And I've just got to a point now where, so I got an Apple Watch, Apple Watch, fun little thing. But with that, it just activates every notification you have on your phone, which isn't as bad on your phone, but it is on your your wrist. So your wrist is just fucking shitting itself. Just go buzzed, buzzed, buzzed every two seconds as it tells you like, hey, you on shitter.com, you have to feed your pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy this pe- this uh, pig feeder for $5. Or like, hey, this is Expedia. We're here to pretend we're giving you a deal. But reality, it's somehow more expensive than on just the normal hotel website. Right. Yeah. And 
Then I would, and I was like, okay, so I turned all those off. But what they've started to do with the new Mac OS is, is they started to just do shit tons of notifications on them. And now Chrome likes to have random websites that just fucking badger you with shit as well, which you can turn off, of course. So generally, notifications, and especially I've had like a really long 24 hours just work-wise, I've realized how so much of my life is just these endless fucking notifications and how badly they have come to like hurt everyone. Just everyone's reaction to notifications is mostly negative. It used to be like, I used to remember when I was like good 10, 20, no, 10, 15 years ago with like the early days of cell phones, I was excited to get a text. Yeah, yeah. Looking at my phone was like a fun thing. I was like excited to hear from who the fucking knows. Email. I used to like get emails and be like, oh, that's great. Who emailed me? Now it's every morning and I, I slept like five hours. Fucking terrible night's sleep as well. And I just pick up my phone and my gut reaction is to hold my breath. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. it's just all I've been thinking recently is just like how bad I have. And I know many people have just fucking trained myself. To just suffer. Just so much of this is just fucking suffering. Just staring at my email constantly. I just have my email open. Just just notification after notification. Even when you turn the notifications off, you just give yourself more. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know how we've got into this thing where everything has a notification now. Oh, but I am just crushed by them. I was just thinking about this all day, about how fucking insane i drive myself well you you know i basically try to go without notifications anytime like you said chrome will pop stuff up uh, uh whenever a website says uh hey i want to send you desktop notifications absolutely not i i pick and choose when i go to a website right uh yeah. the, you know i want to send you notifications uh, i do not have email notifications um I actually, this has been a bone of contention between me and like other people who I communicate with, whether it's my dentist, my doctor, or whether I'm, I'm communicating with people for business reasons. I don't have voicemail on purpose because the process of getting voicemail, listening to voicemail, responding to voicemail is like so archaic and just such a pain in my ass. I finally said, Hey, I can not have voicemail. And what I figured out is that, uh, like you said, email, I used to get friendly email from people. Now email is like, email is either advertisements or it's like, Hey, I need you to do something for me. Yeah. And so, and it's, Oh God, it's email in general is just killing me. I don't know. I just getting away from it sucks. And I've got pretty good at putting my phone away now. But just the notifications always find a way back. Maybe I think I've turned them off, but they're gone. Or I just open them up. And everyone's like, and the one thing that's getting me is someone said this to me earlier. They said, well, don't you think Twitter is bad? Because Twitter is just reminding you of all this shit. It's just a constant negative reinforcement. Got like in comparison to email, Twitter is fucking tame for me. I like, maybe I've just curated my Twitter experience so that I'm like, oh, I like these things. These things are good. Well, I, but my email is just so 
even like my personal email is whatever, but my like my work is just it's I don't know, it's when work is hard, I guess it's like this, but there's just this genuine feeling of like every time there's a new email, it's like, oh God, what now? What nightmares oh, await it's, me? It's dread when uh actually uh somebody who listens to the show uh Astro something wrote, uh, copied Ed or sent it to Ed and I both just said, Hey, send us a very pleasant email and said that they liked the show. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it's rare that, uh, I get an email that's like, Hey, I saw this thing you did. I like this thing you did. Thank you. It's very nice to get something like that. And it's also great to get that on Twitter too. Uh, yeah. uh, make no mistake. It's, it's just, um, you know, when I started out on the web, uh, uh, 15, 20 years ago, it was like email was the only way to communicate. So we, you would get email from people you didn't know and you you could talk to people you didn't know, basically. And I, I made friends that way. As insane as that sounds now, email is no. either like, hey, we've got a 30% off coupon on this thing you already own. A store you never actually shopped at nor gave your email. Right, right, absolutely. And, and so... uh. Email has turned from a communication medium into like a marketing thing, and it's also for work. And then if somebody buys something, let's say you have a store that sells mugs. I, I have an online store on and off that sells T-shirts, mugs, stuff like that. And somebody doesn't get something and they write me. And so email is always bad news. And so yeah. you're conditioned. Sometimes it's ve- very rarely it's, it is good news, but especially the nature of my job. And I realize this might be subjective. But I even feel like in my personal email, for the most part, it's like either I have spent money, I'm going to owe money, there is a saving on Samsonite suitcases or some (laughs) shit, or like, hey, I, uh, like, hey, um, is this Jamie? I had that one the other day. Jamie? Someone called Jamie. Just, it was someone like a religious thing. Oh, they were like, hey, Jamie, I need some uh, money. <laughs> or like, I like it was really weird. And I was like, what the what the fuck is who's Jamie? And why why am I hearing about this? Oh, well, I get um even when I get stuff that's good, it's like it's good, but I have to do something or I have to respond. Yep. And so it gives you this anxiety. So um in the past couple weeks, I have had some media inquiries, one of uh, uh, a couple from two actually really strange how it happened at the same time, but two different papers here in Columbus uh, wanted to talk to me about my work, did an interview, actually went in today for a photo shoot um, at the newspaper downtown. And um, but, you know, you get the email. Actually, the reporter DM me. She was super nice, really nice lady um, and and really uh flattered me it seemed like she had really read my blog the worst things for sale and that she really knew what was going on um and and so that always makes you feel good but like having to do it and then you you have the anxiety so if you appear in the press there's always the possibility that somebody's just gonna crap on you dude oh yeah like a fucking nightmare like the nightmare zone, the nightmare zone. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, like, it absolutely is. It spikes my anxiety because it's like, great. And I'll do an interview and they'll be really nice. Uh, th- this lady I talked to at the paper, super nice. Um, 
really seemed uh, interested in and uh, committed to getting all of the facts right, which is like amazing because I find that a lot of print media tends still, even in 2018, they tend to to want to just uh, minimize the impact of what people do online, which is, of course, where everything yeah. happens, where things are published now. You don't print them on paper and put them in mailboxes. You put them online, but they still just want to diminish what you're doing at every turn. That's just a feeling I have. It's a combination of anxiety and getting shit on in the New York Times uh, 11 years ago. New- uh, Did the New York Times shit on you? Yeah. they shit on me too. Oh. What's yours about? So mine- yeah, so they You pop- don't have to talk about it. Oh, I will. No. Um, Hell yeah. So I so in 2008, uh, actually it was um, the end of 2007, uh, a reporter from the New York Times contacted me and said, hey, um, you know, I saw this YouTube video you had done. And in, in 2007, I was doing a lot of- YouTube videos because it was a new. It's actually, it's actually how I found you. Really? Well, it was a it new. Was actually, I. It, it was Charles a new. Charles has a licking problem. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was a new platform, and you know I published some stuff on there. I kind of I had already understood how to to take advantage of you know platforms, and then you know if you get on a new platform, there's nobody on it, so you can. Like send people there from your comic and make something popular. Of course, it has to be kind of good. So I made uh, Ed reference this this video called "Charles Has a Licking Problem." It's a video I made this very short song, like a minute long. I I had a bunch of videos of my old dog where I put peanut butter in his mouth and his tongue was real long and he was licking. Uh, basically, like one hundred percent joy. Yeah, well, yeah, it was supposed to be funny and and cool. Um, and it went online and, you know, it kind of made the rounds. It was on Good Morning America and Rachel Ray and like all this stuff. Really? It, was that actually on like Good Morning America and shit? Yeah. Yeah, it was. God uh, damn. I used to think I was such a niche guy, like knowing about that. I mean, we used to like show people and be like, hey, you seen this? Oh, well, you yeah, probably. Little, little secret thing from the internet. It's like it was on Good Morning America. Well, you probably got in. Basic. You probably got in early. Ground floor. Yeah. Through. Yeah. <laughs> Because it made the rounds like on cool sites. I, I don't remember what was hot in 2007. Probably uh, probably like FARC. Probably, probably Metafilter, Meme Pool, something like that. But, it, it, you know, it made the rounds. Um, actually, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, a, a producer from her show, contacted me. And they wanted to run it, but I had to give them all the rights to it. And I said no. Oh, fuck them. So, uh, so I didn't do that. But um, yeah, anyway, so I had put this stuff on YouTube. And one of the videos was me pouring water uh, in coffee and stuff through my nose. Of course, it was edited. I didn't actually do that because I'm... I'm huh. Uh, you know, I'm committed. I will do a lot of things to be funny. I won't injure myself. Um, no. And nobody noticed that the camera cut between scenes. It it was actually pretty hilarious to me. Like well, it how... wasn't like a touch of evil style single take. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it it was obviously clearly edited. Um, but but people thought, hey, you know, here's this guy. He's pouring all the stuff in his nose. Uh, so the New York Times reporter did this story. And it was just mentioning me tangentially. And I talked to her on the phone for two hours and uh, had this very long and involved conversation, said, yeah, 
you know, I'm a writer and an artist. I work online. Uh, I publish this stuff. This is just one arm of what I do. I've had all this writing. Uh, I do comics. I had this book. By that point, I had already had a book deal and had a book come out on a small press. Uh, and, you know, the book was in bookstores. It was a, a pick of right. a, a pick book sense pick of the month for January 2006, I think. So it was right. not a huge success, but it was fine for a little comic book. It was a success. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fine. And and so I ran through this and I was like, you know, I'm an artist. I'm doing this. And, you know, I'm just exploring this new medium of YouTube because it has just come out and streaming video has never been possible. So this really opens up, you know, the possibilities of of independent artists making their own videos. And so we had this really uh, interesting, good, meaty interview talking about like the nature of media and uh, what artists can do with the new technology and all this. And she she wrote the article and it said, uh, uh, Drew Fairweather, a self-styled comedian... That's it. That's, That's how not. she described my entire career. And of course, self-styled is is a phrase that means I fucking hate that shit. That's like that means I said I'm funny once. Exactly. That means yes, it means that I think I'm funny. Exactly. And so that uh that really and, you know, I had had shitty interviews with the press before that, but it was always like alt-weeklies, campus papers, blogs, whatever. And, you know, you get misquoted in something like that. Who cares? It's funny. But, uh, you know, it came out in the New York Times, and I was so pumped. I was like, I'm going to show my folks. Yeah. My folks uh, uh, lived in Cincinnati, and they subscribed to the New York Times because – you know, the local paper in Cincinnati was not very good, and it was a paper of record. Of course, it it is not really any longer a paper of record I mean, because its yeah. journalistic integrity is zero, you know, not just because of what happened to me, but because of all the real actual scandals they had and all this. But uh, yeah. so that was so incredibly deflating. So that's so I have like whenever I do press stuff, I have anxiety about it for that reason. So even if somebody was says it New York Times, or was it like New Yorker? It was uh, the New York Times. I was in I'm trying to find it. Uh, I was in the New Yorker a few years ago. I don't remember what year. Uh, it was about sleep and about Ambien, and they name-checked the Ambien Walrus comic I had made. Which is a fucking fantastic... I still reference that to this day. Do you? Do you uh, Do you take Ambien? Have you taken that? Never taken it in my life, but I've referred to it, and I'll be like, the weed walrus. <laughs> I'll be, and like if I'm particularly hard, I'll go like, no, weed walrus. I need to put my wallet where I'll find where future Ed will find it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, like I would, I will like have to like make sure I fucking like put my keys somewhere. I was a fuck myself up. Oh yeah. So you got to give a. You always got to do something nice for your best friend tomorrow, Ed. You. Yeah, future Ed. Future Ed. Yeah. Well, I can. I can actually beat your one because I have the dumbest New York Times. The only time I've been in the New York Times. Okay, so uh, what other happened? Other than my, literally, my old marriage. Oh, like, no. So, oh, yeah, it's really great. So, 
there's this fucking, the job I do is I pitch reporters to write about my clients. And there was this guy at the New York Times, he used to have a blog section called You're the Boss. And he used to be like independent writers who did their shit. And there was this guy who literally, I was like, okay, I have like these nine clients I'm working with. And he said something like, I need travel covered. And I was like, okay, that's kind of fucking dodgy. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And then he starts jacking up the price. And he's very clearly saying, basically, like, like he basically said, you need to spend this money to have your client covered. Yeah. And That's a, so, so is that, and, and is that illegal that or is that just immoral? Literally, literally illegal now. Okay. If you okay. did that without saying you were paid. Right. That is, I think, an FTC or FCC. F, uh, Federal Trade Commission. Yeah. 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 So basically, like, I, and I'm just saying to him, like, dude, I can't, like, pay extra. I can't remember the exact thing where basically... I was like, okay, we can cover travel, but why is it like... And it was something ridiculous, like 10 grand he wanted. <laughs> I think he made some very like vague suggestion that if we paid a little more, it would raise the chance of coverage. So I'm saying to him, like, this seems really dodgy. Are you trying to like, ask me for money? Like, this seems like... And he's like, don't, don't talk like that. You know that's not... I'm not interested in this anymore. And I'm like, dude, you said you were going to cover one of my clients. Like... The client is excited about this. He's like, oh, don't fucking talk to me. So <laughs> I so I do what any normal person would do. And I said, listen, man, I'm gonna like this is something that people need to know. You write from the New York Times. So like, whatever. So I went to Valley Wag, so Gorka. Yeah. I sent that thing over to them. And they went, and I said, look, bullshit check me here. Does this not look like he's grifting? <laughs> and they went, oh, yeah, this is fucking terrible. Like, this is obvious. And it was like, I talked to someone, a business insider, and I'd emailed the public editor. Yeah. And they had not responded. Margaret Sullivan was her name at the time. Real, real shithead. Like, I, I don't feel bad saying that. She was absolutely horrible in the article, really nice on the phone. And <laughs> the moment yeah. Gawker publishes, I get this angry email from this guy being like, I'm going to sue you. To, I'm freaking out because I'm like in a, like a terrible marriage at the time as well. So oh, I have like no yeah. outlet. Yeah, no, yeah. Just like a crushed fucking person. So I'm like nigh on tears. And then the public editor called. Well, no, the you're the boss editor calls me and says, hey, can I get your side of the story? I'm like, here you fucking go. And I forward the emails. I forward everything. I'm like, here you fucking go. This is all yours. Whatever. Yeah. Public editor calls me and she's sweetness and light on the phone. She's like, no, that sounds really bad. I've read the emails. And so I, I'm i like, okay, well, I'm obviously going to get treated fairly here or they're just not going to write about it. Right, right. So she writes this blog post about it. And I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but basically they're saying it was a big misunderstanding on the part of the writer. Note, they closed You're the Boss not long after this. So, Ooh. yeah, possible that... coincidence, possible not. Who knows? Yeah, that nevertheless, looks, I don't think that looks bad. So, right. And the first line of this is Ed Zitron may not be the savviest per public relations person around. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, just fucking great. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just amazing. Like, like, so good. I want to, I'm looking up right now. I'm seeing like when they stopped. Yeah, this guy was done. 
Actually, no, they kept this motherfucker on for another year. Wow. Wow. That's a, like, I mean, 10,000 10, a pop. Like what? Once or twice a week? That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even like once a month. That's pretty, pretty great. Man. And so, yeah, so that was, that's my New York Times thing. <laughs> so they like, literally, like, they literally wrote an article and the headline of the article was Ed Zitron's, Ed Zitron sucks at his job. Savvy, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Ed, thinking and asked, about. And I asked, for anonymi- yeah. I asked them for anonymity. She's like, well, we make no promises. It's like, fuck you. And then a lot of people like bagged on me. And then a few other people went, okay, why would he do this? And then, but I've learned doing PR for a while, I learned the best thing you can do is to say nothing. So yeah. I said literally nothing. And the whole thing went away. Yeah. Just because asphyxiation. Yeah. You, you kn- just don't fucking, but that will be there forever. Yeah. And uh, it it sucks because even though, you know, you and I know the, the New York Times sucks, a lot of people who are uh, online, who are savvy, know that the New York Times sucks, it still has that cachet of the name, right? Oh, dude, I'd be pumped to be in there today. I'm not going to lie and say, like, I look... I th- <coughs> I think the Times does some great stuff. I think they do. And they still have that name brand recognition. In fact, this blog was... And because it's my fucking job to get people on the New York Times, right. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go around the back. It's a blog on the New York Times. No one will notice if I pitch some shit. But I wouldn't have fucking paid the guy. It's just wild to me that people... It doesn't surprise me people would. It's just kind of like, that will always be there. And I briefly flirted with the idea of, like, actually suing for libel. But I was like, nah, it'll go away. It'll just disappear. And the only time it'll pop up will be for people to laugh at. And there are worse things. There are. There are. And, you know... Uh the benefit of doing a lot of work and getting a lot of stuff out there, which, uh, you know, you and I both do, Ed, is that uh, you can kind of overwhelm one shitty person writing a shitty article or even, you know. Yeah, I have uh, I have some guy who it's definitely another PR firm uh, who wrote this thing called Ed Zitron is an idiot. Literally, it's on a cycle. Everything PR. Ed Zitron is an idiot. Is uh, here we go. Ed Zitron is a fool, a jerk, and bad for PR. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Uh, That's a real article. I'm not kidding. No mention whoa, whoa, of whoa, the whoa, fact. Whoa. No mention of the fact that he the owns a computer. Gone. Really? No. Oh my shit. Well, look at that. They you, remove. Did you, they remove the original? You won. Oh, there it is. They just changed the link. Oh, I was gonna say you won this one. Yeah, not so easily, huh? Yeah, and they called me a small-headed fool. <laughs> For those listening, uh, I, I've met Ed. His head is, I would say, sized. a normal size. Yeah, I'd say you have wild. a normal size head. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I still love this page. Oh, man. Well, the whole thing is that I strongly believe Ron Tarosian, who runs a kind of a rival firm. I don't actually think they're a rival firm because they're like significantly bigger. Yeah. So it's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't, th- I don't even think I've done anything to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. 
Anyway, but that's that's my life. People just get mad at me online. <laughs> so good. It's so it's so great to just have all these normal ass people. Oh well, uh, uh, somebody got really mad at me today. Uh, they called me something. Uh, I uh, I think they said Drew toothpaste is a colossal shit eater. <laughs> I think it's what they said, and they do. Del- they deleted it. They already deleted it. It was on oh, Twitter. They already deleted it. Um, and it was about that thing we talked about earlier where I posted the article and I photoshopped it. And Why Alex they- actually responded and said, no, uh, Drew Toothpaste is, is a comedian. And I think he said something like, you know, I enjoyed it or or he said it was funny. He said yeah, something, again, very nice and flattering. So to inoffen- It was such an inoffensive thing as well. Like but, really, like so so inoffensive. But uh, I I think uh, you know, and and Ed, you and I are both. Uh, some people would call it irony poisoning. You know, people might say you know you have a thick skin because you're always online and people always oh, no, say I feel everything. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Do you I feel it all? Oh I, yeah, absolutely, I, uh, man. So I uh, uh, all of this stuff when people. I'll tell you, uh, when people say stuff and they just say that they don't like me or they say something that is um, that that they think is particularly denigrating, but they say that I eat shit, it's very easy for for my mind, uh, for somebody with a little cartoon picture and they say, I don't like this guy, this guy uh, eats shit. Literally eats I, shit. Yeah, and, and I, you know... Clearly, my brain's response to that is, you know, I don't, therefore you've been debunked, therefore you're wrong, and you have a cartoon picture, you don't have a picture of yourself. Um, In general, in general, my policy is not to communicate with anybody online. Now, if they're really funny or whatever, sure. Um, But if somebody actually doesn't have a picture of a person or they don't have something, if they have a cartoon for their picture... Like that contextualizes everything for me. If they have a cartoon, it's really easy to assume that they're a dipshit. Now, somebody with a cartoon may say something brilliant to you or something very funny. And of that course, would be the exception. It would. But of course, you know, you always have to make room for the outliers and the exceptions. But, uh, you know, if, if somebody were to. Also, if somebody were to say, uh, you know, the uh, this guy's bald, uh, yeah, I I've been bald you since I I've been bald since I was uh, eighteen. Actually, uh, got my uh, prom pictures back my senior year of high school. Now I went to college uh, uh, when I was seventeen. I didn't skip a year or anything. It was just something funky based on when I was born. Uh, I was born like right after the school year started and they let me go in like two days early or something. Uh, and, and, but uh, so I got my prom pictures back. So I guess I was 17 and uh, I was looking at it and I was kind of zooming in. Cause of course, you know, nobody has good self-esteem and no, I no, was you nitpicking destroy yourself. Y- yeah, no, I, w- I went to prom and I was like, well, you know, my date looks, looks great. You know, I'm 17, 17 year old girl. Uh, uh, she looks great. Uh, I look like shit. My hair is all messed up. And I showed it to my dad. And I said, look at this shit. Uh, uh, you know, my hair, I 
part did it wrong because I had hair then. And I was like, uh, you know, something got messed up before I took the picture. And uh, my hair looks like shit. And he reaches over and he like kind of touches my head and he moves my head and my hair around a little bit. And he goes, you're going bald. <laughs> and How's I was that? like, it, it, and that was that. I've been I lying was... to myself about that for months. No, I'm like thinning on the top of my head. That's why I say that. Oh, like, really? My wife's yeah. like, you're thinning. And I was like, I'm not. I was like, <laughs> and she's like, I just stopped myself and said, yeah, I am. Just like yeah. I knew, like yeah. deep down in my my sickly soul. Well, and and uh, you know, I I think you know, I immediately let it go. I was just like, uh, I guess that's life. You know, that's funny. And I think really my my uh, response was that it's pretty funny to like start going bald at seventeen. Like that's funny well. enough. And this is this is always like my take on things. Is if it's funny enough, like something truly terrible could happen. And if it's funny enough, then it's like, yeah, that was worth it. Yeah, I mean, th- there is definitely something to be said about, um, well, about. I hate the fucking thing. Oh, just laugh at stuff. No. I mean finding the funny side in truly awful shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that for me is some is like my coping strategy. It's probably deeply unhealthy. But it's like that's how I deal with like if I can find something like sickly funny, some like dark humor in it, like something dumb in it, I will get through a lot more just because it's like, ah, this sucked, but well, <laughs> this well, this small part is really funny. Well, I I think if you're not heavily religious, then you have to have something. Oh yeah. Where you have to have something where you have to have a framework to process things that are truly horrible because the the reality of life is that horrible things happen to people that are fine. You and I are good people. We do good things for people. You know, we we are moral, we're ethical. Everybody who's reading, everybody who's listening to this, probably if you think about yourself, most of you are going to think I'm a good person, I'm a moral person, I'm an ethical person. And you know what? All of you probably fucking are, right? Yeah. And horrible things will happen to you because horrible things happen to everybody until we die, which is also horrible. And then that. You dying is horrible for everybody who loves you and people who know you and people for whom that reminds them of their own mortality. So everything is horrible forever. So if you don't have religion, I think you have to have humor. And of course, since everything's so fucking awful, you have to have dark humor. Yeah. And I I also want to be clear that's not like I I hate the very put upon dark humor when people are like, you know it's funny people die like that kind of like smirking south park style fucking humor it's like huh yeah dying's cool (laughs) the world's a dark place i've never really found a person who talks like that who think like actually sticks by that you know what i mean mean, i've never found one one that i'm like oh yeah you truly buy this you truly believe in this no they're just like deep down they're actually deeply emotional and in a lot of pain yeah, sure. And like sure. that's like well, something it, for me where it's like it's like, ooh, I'm sorry. Well, I I if, mean you have to deal with that somehow. And I, I haven't known anybody who was like 
the Joker who are, who <laughs> has that kind of like villainous, right? That villainous, like, oh, isn't it lovely how how horrible things are? It's I I laugh at death. <laughs> well, well, also, all right. Just a random fucking aside here about the Joker for a second. <laughs> so very relevant. No. In all seriousness, from my understanding of reading comics like most of my life, the Joker was never like that. Yeah. The whole scary part of the Joker was nothing in particular seemed to actually motivate him. Like, he was just, like, evil, and he just found, like, terrible things fun. And he liked saying... He was basically an irony guy. It's really what it is. He'd, like, stab someone and go, that's funny. And, like... But, like, he took real joy in it. But it was never anything like, I laugh at society. He's just a fucking deranged lunatic. And people trying to... Like with the Jared Leto Joker, they tried to add that on. They were like, ah, he is... He is, like, twisted. And he laughs at people's pain. It also never came across in the movie, which was really funny. But not for the reasons they thought. But it's more like... I don't know. People really... There are people, apparently, who really took the Joker very seriously. Which to me is honestly so fucking funny. Yeah, uh, like that. That I'm still laughing when people send me like a picture of someone's like, I don't know, like there was like a Dodge Charger, which they did in Joker style purple. Yeah, which fucking rules. Honestly, that person rules because they're so they're so fucking dedicated to the Joker. Why I think uh, there, you know, we have, uh, I think both of us probably know a lot of people who will go and they'll watch these comic book, these superhero movies, and they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's action, it's fun, whatever. But you, there are people who are truly dedicated. And if you go in like the worst groups on Facebook, you will find these people. And I, I go, I, one of my vices is going and joining like the worst, stupidest groups. I won't join the Patriot groups. I won't join the conservative groups, but just like the dumbass shit. I'm in a group, Ed, called Thunder and Lightning. Right. And What's it that is, about? it is pictures of lightning. And here's the thing. You can't take a picture of Thunder, Ed. But the oh, group yeah, that makes sense. Is, I didn't really think of that. The group is for pictures of thunder and pictures of lightning. No one in the group. I would love to go to the Thunder Down Under in Vegas <laughs> and just sit, share like 80 pictures and be like, look, guys, thunder. And then just I, get banned immediately. <laughs> I finally captured thunder on film. In these beautiful Australians. <laughs> these beautiful men. It's so beautiful. Look at them. Look at this thunder I found. <laughs> just like you get really, ho- really horny for all these like big muscly men. Like, uh, oh god, that's not thunder. Not specified in the title. Just argue with them. Well, oh, you so you true. know, uh, all these really low grade. Gosh, what would you call? I, I don't know if you'd call it low grade Facebook groups. You would call it maybe like bottom of the barrel. Facebook groups, but they're like fairly popular. They'll at least have a few thousand people in them. And you can go and, and uh, there's one called motorcycle memes that I, that I have joined onto. 
And um, everybody there is very frequently horny. Like, well, for the I bikes. Mean, we, uh, no, they're horny for babes and dudes. And, uh, you know, as horny as any of like the socialist uh, rose people or the irony people or whatever, because because all of those all of those people are are really uh, thirsty and horny or whichever one it is. Uh, these folks absolutely do not even have a, a framework of saying, well, you know, I'm horny for socialism. No, they're straight up horny. They're like, hell yeah. Like that dude's hot. That babe is hot, right? See, like, that's the thing though. Like that is always kind of a worrisome thing for me. Like just, I'm always a bit worried when people just start getting horny because it usually veers into some kind of sexism with women at least very quickly. Oh yeah, no, they they are. And uh all of these low grade groups don't think that I am I am endorsing their behavior. It's more of just like what, like an what like an anthropologist. Yeah. Yeah, not but uh uh not even that high brow. Like I just want to see what actual people are doing because it's really easy for us to trudge around and for us to curate these groups. And for example, when the election happened in 2016, there were people who absolutely could not believe that there were Democrats that voted for Hillary. So Hillary won the primary and nobody could believe that there were people who voted for Donald Trump because they've curated, they've already, whether it's online or in real life, they've curated these little bubbles. And for these, for folks in these bubbles uh, to see someone to be like, Oh, I work with a guy that voted for Trump. Like that's freaky. But I mean, he got millions and millions of votes. It didn't freak me out. I feel like, I feel like like the internet has only amplified these extremely racist people I somehow already knew existed. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it sucks. I don't want to go over the fucking election again. Oh no. We all, so so we all know I can't vote. Yeah. <laughs> we uh we we already covered this. So Ed, I'm going to ask you getting back to the notifications on yeah. my phone. Anybody who ever looks at my phone and I'm honestly I don't have anything on my phone that's like private, like really like I'll hand my phone to my kid. I will yeah. hand my phone to people. I don't care. I don't take uh, uh, dick pictures. I don't have anything horny going on on my phone. So I don't Me care. Neither. I'll, I'll, it, you know, I'll uh, hand my phone to whoever. And invariably, if anybody who's an adult sees my phone, thankfully, my daughter doesn't own me for this. But if anybody who's an adult sees my phone, they say, why do you have 23,000 unread emails? I why it. do you have why do you have so many red dots on all of your shit? And I'm like, that is just how it is. There's just red dots. So do you leave it? Do you I have leave it three leave- unread emails on my on my work email and zero unread because what I will do is if I've glanced at it and I know I don't need to address it I select all and I mark as read. Oh really? I see, see I, that fucking I, number. And during just, the day I'll like fucking I'll get real pathological I'll be like 
I'll like leave certain numbers up so I know if the number increases that I got a new email instead of just being like, oh, okay, I'll just like read all the emails. It makes no fucking sense. Okay, so so I've always understood that there are some people who, like you said, pathologically uh, clear out all of their red dots and whenever there's notification, they get it and they clear it out so everything is clean and clear so they are in like this Zen state of zero pending messages. And for me, I accept the flood. It's like when, when somebody is a woodworker and they hoard, I I've got a neighbor who does this super nice guy. He's a woodworker. He always has enormous amounts of wood and periodically he'll clean out his garage. Uh, you know, his kids will come over and there'll be all this wood sitting out on the curb and he will always end up accumulating more wood because he's a woodworker. I feel the same way, except with red dots. That's just my medium. I accumulate red dots. That's what my phone does. Yeah. But you are in like a, a limbo of having the red dots, but monitoring them. So when the five goes up to a six, you know, you've got a new email, huh? Yeah. And but I actually like to, I actually really like to um, just make sure I have zero if I can. Okay. Okay. So like, I, I don't know. I It's whack-a-mole for me. It's just, I want to make sure I don't have any, like, I, I hate it all. I like, the more I think about my notifications, it's like, I get this like pang of anxiety every time something comes in, even if it's nothing, which is actually one of the reasons why. I won't like leave my phone. Like I'll look at my phone tomorrow. Uh-huh. Like, sorry, I, I won't leave my phone alone until tomorrow. I'll like keep looking at it. Cause I'll be like, what if, what if someone's mad at me? What if like a client's like fucking mad at me? <laughs> Even though like at yeah. 9 PM, what am I going to fucking do about that? What's that going to change? What is that actually going to do for anyone? Like what's actually going to happen there? And the truth is nothing. I can, I can wait until next. And I would say nine times out of 10, literally no damage from doing that. None. No yeah. problems have yeah. ever arisen from like not checking my phone past like seven. And honestly, like there's no reason why I should have, I should even check past like six. And then yeah. people occasionally will get a text from a client being like, hey, why don't you get back to me? And I'll literally say like, hey, um, it was seven. And they'll go, well, I was working at seven. I said, yeah, I know you are. You texted me. <laughs> they usually go really quiet. Because they don't want to, they don't want to say, "Well, you should be working." Well, uh, you know, if somebody pay, if somebody pays you based on a job, they don't want you to be doing substandard work at night when you've been working twelve hours on it. Or I wouldn't. That's not their belief. That's not no, their belief. Their and, belief and, is the hustle and the grind. Oh, that's yes. actually something that got me steamed online. Can I go into a little thing? Get all pissed off about something. Oh, sure. I, I absolutely hate the the hustle and the struggle porn. I hate well, that. Well, so Alexis Ohanian, someone I've worked with, I respect. He invented Reddit, so, well, he also did that. And he's on this big crusade now. He's like, you need to end struggle porn and hustle porn. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I agree. Yeah. And I really want to say it, but I actually like the guy and I don't want to like just fucking... Also, he has a huge following and one quote tweet will be like fucking my mentions for the next year. I'm just like, I can't be bothered, but I can say it here in this safe place, which is 
He is part of the fucking problem. He is. He has a book called Without Their Permission, I believe. Yeah. I was correct. The story of Reddit and the blueprint for how to change the world. Now, I should add, this is only like a third about Reddit. It's actually a really good book. Okay. But it shares his ideas, tips, and even his own doodles about harnessing the power of the web for good and his philosophy with young entrepreneurs all around the globe. And it's all about changing the world without permission. Now, I just want to be clear with something. That is still buying into this. Anything to do with side hustles, with breaking the nine to five, is on some level subtly suggesting that the only good people are the ones who struggle outside of it. Now, the arch villain of all this is, of course, Gary Vaynerchuk. Truly (laughs) truly worthless man who has inspired like legions of sociopaths to talk about crushing and killing it and his ilk. They're fucking terrible. They're all terrible. Gary, if you hear this, get on the fucking pod. I will argue with you. You'll yell at me like this. And I will just mute you whenever I feel like it. It will not be a fair interview. <laughs> the, well, the, uh, the, I will, you'll be like, hey, what do you think, Ed? And then you'll start, and I'll answer, and I'll go, well, what do you think? And I'll just go like, yeah. <laughs> every time you try and speak, I will make sure Rob Zombie says, yeah. like, just every fucking time. And then a bit of like, like, just fucking the worst interview of your life until you hang up from my fucking podcast I will ruin you not through intelligence but through immaturity and you will try and play it off like it's funny but it won't be for you it'll be for me yeah. and that's the thing <laughs> but well, Gary Vaynerchuk and- aside like all of these yeah. people on a subtle level actually do embody this struggle porn thing and the reason that it sucks so much at least for me and I say this is someone lucky enough to be privileged to actually have had like good, like a really good upbringing with parents who made money. Like I was lucky and I know that none of these motherfuckers admit this. None of them do. They never like Alexis. You know what? Alexis, actually, I think he grew up like middle class, but he like got in touch with he was lucky enough to get in touch with Paul Graham, I think, from Y Combinator. And also like Reddit took off. I don't think it took off through his own... And also one of the big things he talks about there is Hitmonk, which is not his company, but he was like the CMO there. I don't think he... I don't know how much he did. Nevertheless, huh. all of these people who are like, yeah, we need to stop struggle porn while they're on a stage being watched by 2,000 fucking entrepreneurs called like SuccessCon or like Insight Org. Like all these... It's all part of the problem. And it's well, wild to me. You know, I, uh, I don't understand why they won't have the conversation of just, you know, what the secret to success is privilege. Luck. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, it's not fucking hustle. Sure, on some level, hustle, whatever that fucking means, is what is going to get you somewhere, but only if said hustle is within the right cone of influence like if you are hustling and you are working two fucking jobs like backbreaking jobs how are you gonna hustle your way to learn to code that's the other one learn to fucking code you fucking oh, assholes and who say that you know oh, learning go fuck yourself learning to code uh you know you can you can start from nothing and you can end up being a a shitty coder in that, you know, you can get a job being a, 
a coder, I guess, somewhere, but that's not... Also, that's a really it, common skill now, being yeah, able that's to not kind a, of code. I was just going to say, that's not a high-paying job, at least not here in town. There are very many people that know how to code in, buy a fucking in Columbus. And if you really want to learn to code, you can just buy a book, which isn't to say it isn't hard to do, but it's not like I am... Like, if someone was... Uh, it, it, God, my fucking brain's so... I'm so smart. I love being, like, brain smart with the good words. Just so smart. But these people, they talk about it like, say, someone who works in the fucking grocery store and fucking packs milk cartons or what have you. Two jobs. Oh, they can just learn to code and hustle with their big startup idea. God, no. Not possible. Just not possible. Literally, like, it's not a case of... It's not a case of, oh, if they just tried. If they had more time, maybe... Yeah, but most yeah. people don't. That's the problem. And they're like, oh, if they just change this subtle thing. When you're fucking working like 15-hour days, your brain is fish-paced. It's, oh, it's it, like... It I don't mean there's stupidity. You're just like mentally exhausted. I, it, everyone it turns I know to who mush, works, yeah. yeah. Everyone I know, like my, um, my sister-in-law's husband, he works like fucking 12, 15-hour shifts like packing milk cartons, I think, or labeling them. And the poor guy, like, after work, he's just done. Because it's, like, it's a lot of, t like, it's a, not just a lot of time, not just, like, his time being taken up. It's just physically and mentally taxing. And how, what, is he meant to learn to code so he makes Uber too? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is the, what's the expectation? It's, like, he's going to make, like, what's he going to fucking do? And also, have you heard most people's startup ideas? They're really bad or they've been done yes. before or both. Like, occasionally, yes. like, a family member would be like, I just had an idea for a... I won't say who. It's in my family. They literally came to me with an idea that was so obvious. It was like a social network for dads. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you hear me. I love you so much, but I googled social network for dads and five things came up. Oh, really? Using Google? Because, Ed, my first thought was, like, that might be cool. That's just Reddit. <laughs> no, but that's also an answer. Well, like there well, is probably just r slash dads. I'm not even kidding. No, I'm they're pretty they're sure that that's a thing. They're absolutely. I'm sure. I'm not even gonna look. I'm no, sure no, that it is. And you know, you know, Ed. Uh, what what my favorite thing is about uh, Alexis Ohanian, and and the thing is, is how he's like, I, and also an incredibly good looking guy. Like that's just oh, the yeah. funniest thing. It's yeah. like, oh yeah. And I also, I'm an intelligent guy, I had a good upbringing. Also, I'm very handsome. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, yeah, you got, dealt. and he used to be like overweight. Like yeah. he said fat to me once. I was like, oh, look, he wasn't, he was, he was overweight. It's like, oh, you yeah. used to be overweight, but now you are incredibly handsome. <laughs> right. God damn, you must have it so hard being a charming, handsome guy. Right, right. Well, the uh, the funniest thing about Reddit to me and the idea of of uh, publishing your Reddit career and saying without their permission is if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that's, that's just the front uh, page of Reddit with images. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they have had a big uh, a big problem about publishing images, mostly of women without their permission. It was called creep shots. They had oh, a yeah. board. They the had fappening. a board called. Oh, they had. The, I forgot about fappening, 
which is when somebody hacked everybody's, all these celebrity iPhones, and they published uh, private pictures of celebrities where they were taking, uh, you know, selfies. Probably or like they were taking photos for their spouses or their go- girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. A thing which people do. I've I've heard I send them to Drew all the time. Yes. He doesn't seem yeah. to read them. But, <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, yeah, I've done it with my wife. Was wife's done it with me? Like it's a fucking thing that people do. And that was also a really bizarre thing I saw when that happened. Where people yes. were like, uh, "Why would you do this? Why, why would you do this? It's just, well, in, what's wrong in the with thing, you?" And the thing is, is that if you're a celebrity in in your married or you have or you have a significant other, you're like traveling all the time in your way. Of yeah. course, you would want to have like intimacy with your spouse while you were away. Of and, you would. and uh, uh, it's you know totally you know, within the range of like human emotions to do something like that. Uh, but and, they just posted and, this shit and they were like, well, it's cause they're famous. It's okay. That was the argument I saw. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is, is because, you know, this person and, and, you know, the argument never held water with me because, uh, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of a hundred, if you asked anybody, Hey, uh, can you be in a movie, you just walk around and say the stuff I tell you to say until it looks right, right? You might have to say it four or five or a hundred times to get yeah. a, a, a take or whatever, but go here, do this, go to Vancouver, Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia, shoot this movie, come back home, I'll give you two million or eight million or eighteen million dollars. Uh, will you do it? Obviously, yes, I would do it. You would I'll do d- it. I'll do it. I I would, you know, for that amount of money, I would do it, and I would play a character that reflected poorly on me, sure. Oh, yeah, and then I'll, I come I'll play, home, like, the dumbest man alive. I already do. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's... and I might, you know, um, I, I might feel emotionally lonely from being away from my family for that yeah, long. I don't know that I would, I, I don't know that I would, uh, send my my wife dick pics but i i would probably want to communicate with her yeah, a lot if, my wife, if my wife asked i might oh yeah if she if yeah. she asked i i well, was like i don't, like, I don't, I don't think she dick, dick pic that's actually what well, no that's genuinely no. something with guys i've never understood it's like i've never understood because it's like maybe i'm just not proud of my hog but my general <laughs> reaction is like oh, i don't want to just send this anywhere I don't want to just willy nilly send my willy to people. It doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like something anyone needs to see. Oh no, no, uh, no! I might no. I definitely, you know, what I would definitely do is like I if I was in the movie, I would definitely like send her a picture of myself flexing. Oh yeah, and I like kind of and I kind of turn, I kind of no. turn my torso so I looked like a little skinnier. Oh and yeah, kind of oh, push my lats forward. I do so my all chest of this, by the way. Yeah. I do all of this without thinking about it, just because I'm so self-conscious. Just like fucking like straightening my back out and like trying to pull in. I don't actually have a gut at the moment, but I'm still trying to pull it in. Oh yeah, I yeah, fucking love sure. just how how just utterly like neurotic I just on a horrible <laughs> level. But no, I would go and take like a funny fucking picture if I was on the thing with like Sylvester Stallone. I'd be like. Can you look mad at me in the back of this photo? Like I just took a photo. No, 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 no. Stand in the back and look mad and like, I'll take half of your bagel 
And then he could look like I stole your bagel, <laughs> and he'd be like, "I don't really understand what you're doing." Like that would be entertaining to me, but that's because I'm a well, weird. You know, fuck. I'm a weirdo, and like that makes me happy. You know what I would do? That would that would be fantastic. You know what I would do? I think the only time, and this is just because I'm paranoid and I have anxiety, and I think somebody at Apple's going to save the picture of my hog. Totally unremarkable, normal looking. Let it be regular. said, uh, uh, regular for our 14 listeners uh, now, which are now 13 or 12. Uh, people have <laughs> it's dropped now off. 25. After, after, after hog chat, people have left. But if, Ed, if I was on a movie set and I could have Sylvester Stallone disapproving of my hog, absolutely, I would <laughs> do it. It would be way funnier if you couldn't, like your hog wasn't out. You were just like pulling your pants open and he was like, hmm. Like, oh yeah, uh, and then he was like, like "No, uh, please." Like, he was like, "No, I don't." Oh no, don't no, go it'd be any way further. funnier yeah. if he was just like, "Meh," just like really just underwhelmed. <laughs> like I like that. I like that idea way more of him just being like, ah, "I looked at it. It's okay." Yeah, that's about what I expected. Yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> maybe maybe a little worse. I, I'm I'm neither <laughs> I'm neither happy nor upset. So and that's this is so also the kind of hog chat yeah. we have. Yeah, it's just like so. Eh. It, uh, given given it a four out of ten, like you know, it's not <laughs> not it quite just me- didn't not quite average. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, it's talking about uh, without their permission, basically stealing images. That was Reddit. Yeah, like, that is yeah, Reddit. Yeah. Reddit is just. And what's great now is you'll occasionally see. And I've been guilty of calling people out for this. It's fucking stupid of me. But it's like you'll see people on Twitter steal from Reddit. And it's like Reddit people be like, wow, just stealing my thing. It's like, you fucking stole that, you piece of shit. <laughs> you found it on like something else. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? You fucking, of course. you lying sack of shit. You know you'd steal. And that's the thing. People are so desperate for like attention. Me too, when I am. I get it. Actually, subject change, complete subject change. So PR people just remembered something after I said, me too. Um, it's yes it's going in that direction um so there was this public relations forum this in-house agency forum i'm on yeah like pr people it's all like these pr people are all just mostly the people who post on there are like hey can you do my job like someone will be like hey um can anyone give me a complete rundown of every reporter in new york just like okay (laughs) <laughs> so you just want me to give you all my contacts like all right yeah yeah thanks for, thanks for that i guess and then like um but the best one happened the other day it was okay i'm gonna get to it because i really want to read it out because it was so it made me laugh so fucking much like so much like genuinely like i was like in pain when this happened i am totally buying time okay here we go so Oh, where is it? It's so good because when it happened, I was like, no way. Okay. Guy makes a post. When a reporter is so insufferable, you spend 20 minutes thinking of snappy comebacks you know you will never send because you have to take all the abuse. The response. I get you. I feel you. Hashtag me too. Oh, no. No, that that is not that is not what hashtag me too means. So fucking good, still so fucking good, still so funny. 
still funny. Yeah, well, I, thought, you I know, hadn't thought uh, of it all day. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, is it still funny? Yep, it's still fucking top draw, just complete and utter no concept of anything. Like, if you missed what Me Too was, how? And if you didn't miss, if you saw what it was, how would you use it without connecting it to that? And also it's a well, woman saying it as well, which makes it even it, uh, worse. Even worse. Well, this is so so you're in public relations, so you should know, you should understand the zeitgeist. You should understand where culture is moving and why it's moving in certain directions. Yes. Right? So to in to inappropriately use hashtag me too as a woman. As any, yes, as anybody, of course, men don't understand as a, it. No, well, the reason yes, I say yes. that is, if a guy said it, I mean, everyone's a fucking idiot who would do this right, thing. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. As a guy saying it, it's insensitive, but you know what? It would not surprise me if a guy was just fucking unaware of the meaning of a thing. Yeah, yeah. A woman means, it's like, wow, you either, it's either, you don't know what that is. Or you genuinely think this is the same thing. Like, this is what Me Too means. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think uh, uh, it's it's it sucks because, you know, uh, you know, that that the whole hashtag Me Too thing, like, is a legitimate movement and it has a legitimate reason for existing it's like, it's like a fucking discussion to, of an airing of grievances going on hundreds of years against the patriarchy it's like a meaningful thing and and to to take it in and here's my thing and here's a lot of people's beef with marketers and marketing is taking something that is a legitimate social movement and then twisting it to be about brands or in this case Twisting it to be about journalists something. not answering your emails or being rude yes. to you. <laughs> just so, just so we're clear, that is the grievance. The grievance is not. Yeah. It is not that the journalist was sexist. It was the journalist was rude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh just I, every time I think of this, for it's like this is why I don't talk to. We've talked about like joining interest forums. Oh yeah, yeah. And, like, this is why I don't join them for PR, because they're all like this. They're all just so far from reality. They're all so... Their version of reality is so remote and so bizarre and, like, this weird funhouse mirror of reality. Well, if you ever... In, and I've experienced this too, Ed. If you ever go on Reddit and you go on uh, Reddit... Uh, slash r slash comics or r slash web comics both of those are like equally bad but um the stuff that floats to the top there is like really abysmal and it's uh it's really funny to me because the whole time i've been making comics i still make comics yeah right it's like not so much of a thing for the internet now because it's normal for comics to be online. It's normal for people to draw stuff and have it be online. So it's like less of a trend. It's just something that exists online that people look at. 
And uh, the whole time when it was like a trend of quote unquote web comics or comics online, um, I always had this problem where people who were into web comics as a thing were, were not, they were very denigrating of what I had done, which is just like one panel cartoons or comics, however like you want to describe the stupidest them. thing to be mad at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, especially considering that for uh, some time, and I, I mean, make no mistake, you know, my popularity for my comics peaked and has been in decline for like seven or eight years now. So it's not it, it, it's not something where, you know, my ego is tied up in it or whatever. You know, I made something. It was very popular. Nobody gets to make something that's super popular. OK, it was really fucking awesome to to have you know, to have these stats and have them out and say, Hey, you know, this is the, this is the fourth most popular comic online, which it was at some point my wife's comic, uh, Natalie That was even more popular than mine. Of course, people, uh, the comics and make no mistake. The web comics community was so fucking awful that, uh, as bad as anybody, as badly as anybody ever talked about me, or as poorly as anybody ever treated me, whether it was my peers or it was the the group of general comic readers, they treated her 10 times worse because she oh, is yeah. a woman. And, uh, you know, case in point, uh, I have multiple Wikipedia articles about characters that I portray online. I'm not going to go into all that. And I have a Wikipedia article about myself and I have a Wikipedia article about my comic and right. her Wikipedia article was deleted for being, quote unquote, not notable. Now, she's basically equally as notable as I am, being that she had work that was at times more popular than my work. And she had she had done a whole bunch of stuff. She she created a, a business, a cosmetics business and ran it. Um, so that also, you know, that also affects my feelings about it. And uh you know, it's it's wow. It's wonderful for me that I can see, you know, just how fucking bad it is to be a woman in a creative career. Uh, I can see secondhand how bad it is. Of course, it's worse to experience it firsthand. But all of these fucking comic people never, never, ever treated us like we were ever uh making comics, which, of course, we were because they're pictures in words together. And that's basically what a cartoon or a comic is. And, uh, you know, if you go on these Reddit boards now, you can see how absolutely awful the comics are that are posted there. It is, uh, it is, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's very funny that people kind of all said, no, you can't be a part of this. Like the whole interest forum we were talking about. They said, no, you can't be a part of this uh, because you're not doing what we do. And then they went on to do it extremely badly. Yeah, a lot of these are just really bad. Like they're just really you know, like not funny. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is just a matter, and this is me, you know, digging in and saying, uh, digging in because I worked in the field and I want to analyze it. And I said, well, you know, you started with half of an idea 
You didn't really bring out the meat of what was funny out of your idea. You didn't execute the joke in a surprising fashion. You tacked on two extra panels at the end and and you just, know, subverted looks, your own It looks like line. another comic. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just kind of and, sad. And so I'm sure, Ed, if you get on a PR board that oh, no, every will PR tell board you, is way more boring. Really? Like, they're always just, like, bitching about, like, things that happen to everyone. Yeah. Like, they're always like, ah, oh, this journalist was mean to me because they didn't write about this shit I did. And everyone being like, yeah, they do suck. They should do everything we want them to. And then occasionally <laughs> there's some, like, vaguely, it's really weird. Like, occasionally they get really close to, like, no means yes. Like, it's really fucking weird. Like, they'll be like, yeah, well, oh. you should just keep calling them until they say yes. It's like, hmm, that reminds me of something. Can't quite put my <laughs> finger on it. And it's like, well, you, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Like, and I'll say that, and they'll block me immediately, and I'm, I'm done. Just because they, they're like, they their usual reaction is, of course, that's not what we mean. It's like, well, it's not really about what you mean. It's how it comes off. Yeah. Like anyone yeah. reading this would think you're you're a sociopath, like who. A user, a sociopath with little or no actual empathy, and maybe that's why you suck at your fucking job. Like, my buddy and I, <laughs> who are on this forum, we usually just send screenshots from this one forum we're both in, where it's like, hey, can you do my job for me? Hey, um, I want to get paid for my job, but I don't want to do my job. Could you do my job for me? Just, again, like, back and forth, just all day, just because it's really funny. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, so and funny. if you posted, if you posted and you laid out what you do in PR that is successful for you and successful for your clients, tell me how would how do you think they would respond? Not great. <laughs> Not great because the way I describe the, it is like, yeah, I sent an email to the guy, I put a few lines about some shit, and uh, put like client thing and like here's why you you fucking should care. Then the client goes, cool. Or like they'll go, no. And I'll go, okay, moving on. And they'll be like, oh, no. PR isn't just media relations. That's actually one of my best ones. Because they're like, <laughs> PR isn't just media relations. And I'm always like, okay. You seem really like forceful with that one. Um, Like, you realize that. And then they'll explain, but like, oh, it's branding and messaging and all these other things. And I always just say, yeah, but what's the fucking client care about, you know? What's the client at the end of the day? If you do all the fucking branding shit and you don't get any coverage, how's the client going to work? How are they going to feel about that? And they go, well, if the client leaves because of that, that's their problem. I'm like, well, sounds like it. <laughs> and also my problem is I'll just go, it just sounds like you're not particularly good at the job. And yeah, also, yeah. There is like a whole crazy like gaslighting crew. And I realize like oh, how yeah. stupid my job is where I'm like, oh, I go to journalists with things I think they'll like and sometimes they write about them, I get paid for this. It is kind of a dumb job. Like, whatever. I, I don't really care. But if you say that near a PR person, they will shit their pants because you're like, how dare you suggest that my beautiful mystery is not beautiful. Oh, my yeah. Son, and basically... Relations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody's, everybody's job is fucking stupid. I'll tell you, like... It's rare that you run into somebody where their job is not fucking stupid, right? Yeah. I mean, also, any job that you describe in simple terms is going to sound stupid. Like, oh, 
I go into work and I put on a dress and I just use knives and peoples to pull out shit from them. Like, that's a doctor. Like, any job can be described poorly. <laughs> but it's still, like, with PR, they're just especially sensitive. Yeah. And it's great yeah. because also super easy to upset. And I only do it if someone's, like, giving me shit. I don't just go in there and be like, hey, guys, your entire work is fucking dumb. And I read all your LinkedIn's and I think you sound like morons. Like, I don't just do that. That would be very funny, but also deeply, like, I'd hurt someone with that. I don't want to hurt someone unless I'm antagonized. They'll just go for something deeply immature, which they hate too. And, but that's the weird thing. Like, the really touchy internet communities you'd think wouldn't apply to, like, I don't know, like a very basic industry. But well, it does. And, and have any of them noticed that you, uh, I, I don't know uh, I don't know how well respected it is in the field of PR, but it's one of the only PR books I've ever read is the book that Ed literally wrote Written called uh, this is how you this is how you pitch and he, he wrote another book after it but <laughs> this is how you pitch basically tells you how to set up a PR firm and basically tells yeah. you how to do his job it's fucking and, and do the it. fact and it was a it was uh it was a bestseller, right, Ed? Yeah, it it, it wasn't. I mean, on Amazon, it, it, yeah, on Amazon, it it was a pretty well. It, it was a good selling book, uh, and the fact that people would read it and not just fucking directly compete with you and steal your job, I think, underlines the issue that we're getting at, which is really uh, what the hustle and struggle people are trying to say, which is, uh, you know, if you really think hard and you work smart and you take in the information you should take in and you pivot when you have to pivot and you cultivate real human relationships, blah, blah, you can do well. But Ed, I, I think that's the, the key thing that these people miss is that in any job you have, where where you're doing something that is not like taking blood from people to give to people who need blood or like being a doctor or cooking food in a restaurant that has a direct consequence that has a that fulfills a direct human need that's on the maslow's hierarchy of needs right yeah if you're doing something like that you have to work with other people and you have to be charismatic and you have to have empathy and I think that's incredibly hard to teach. Well, I just, to, to close off, I think, this episode and also just the insanity of people online. So my first boss was a real, real piece of shit. Like, he was like a genuinely abusive person. He used to, on holiday weekends, he used to keep us late. There would always be something like exactly at 6 day. Just uh, completely yeah. nuts. Like, like he would, if you messed up any formatting, you had to start over. Just truly, truly insane. Real nasty piece of shit. So, important fact with him is he has a book called Punk Rock Marketing, Get Off Your Ass and Join the Revolution. So, very important. The ass is in there. Just need to. That That's the yeah. important thing. So, I wrote this, this ass. blog, Ass. Yeah. The important thing. Also, my, my book has How to Kick Ass in Your First Years of PR. Again. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wrote this thing. This like thing is think of what PR courses should teach undergrads, right? 
And it's just like a fucking thing, a blog I wrote when I was doing like PR for myself. And I just got too busy with work to do that anymore. So I am like, okay, well, uh, I posted this thing and it got republished on a big PR site. And then the funniest fucking thing happened. My old boss responded without remembering that I actually worked for him. Listen to this. It, <laughs> and I quote, it says that you wrote a comically titled book on how to pitch. Gosh, using the word ass in the title. Interesting. Pitching is only teachable <laughs> in some cases. Yeah, it's very easy to tell people how to pitch if you already know how. A lot of people employed... A lot of presently employed folks shouldn't be in PR because they don't like to reach out. They don't want to strategize. He's never a deeply funny man. This is not a people business. This is sales. Bottom line, kid. It's not that E hyphen Z. Guessing that's to do with my name. Either you already have it or you shouldn't bother. In PRA, post-recession America, there are a lot of jobs for paper pushers outside of PR, like the NRA maybe. Signed, Richard Lehmer, author, punk marketing. Get off your ass and join the revolution, 2009. Wow. What's great about that is he doesn't know that I worked for him. <laughs> and I also was like partly responsible for fucking over his company. Oh no. Like Were not you? illegally. I just I left the firm. I didn't have any non-compete and clients came to me. And they were like, hey, oh. you were the only one who did any work. Yeah. Uh can you can you help me with that? So that was really that. That just, that really, remembering that always puts a smile on my face just because deeply shitty people who are also incredibly sensitive, it's just beautiful. Absolutely. And and the fact that he didn't remember oh, yeah. Ed Zitron, like to me, uh, you know, I, I saw you online years and years ago and the name always stuck out to me. Well, it I'm, was like I'm a his monster. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm like a yeah. complete fucking monster. I am like, he in many ways created me. And like, truly, truly like, he is responsible for the monster I am now. So you're like, so you're like Frankenstein's monster, but if Frankenstein's monster went on to like make really good monsters. Well, sort of. It's more like, <laughs> well, my old, old boss, another boss, this one I won't name. Apparently his wife said I either be Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader. Yeah. Guess how that one went. Um, yeah, not great. And <laughs> just, just deeply weird story there too for another time. But no, that's really funny because... Just also, when it comes to these niche communities, usually what makes them truly bizarre and weird and shit is the internet effect, the kind of rutting which comes knocking your heads together about one dumb subject. When in fact, everyone in my industry, and I, from what I've seen like sales industries as well, it's all like a cult. It's all like reminding each other why they're really there. And it's so fucking oh, yeah. weird because I'm like, oh yeah, well... Um, like PR is really good though and it's so important what we do and it's like no probably not probably not important at all <laughs> alright well, well I uh, think that's uh, been a good episode I think we've made some points yeah and and uh, you know guys thank you for listening uh, tell you what go ahead listen follow uh, FT Futurecast on Twitter 
uh, we're on iTunes now. You may be listening to this on iTunes. If you are listening it to it on iTunes, uh, go ahead and give it a review. Say something funny if you want. Say Jumpo Chungus. Say Varb Al Popert or one of those journalist names. Go on. Uh, uh, look at Drew Toothpaste on Twitter. That's me. Look at at Ed Zitron on Twitter. Uh, look at the the wonderful things we both put on there and just write some of the same words in the review. If you want, uh, leave, uh, a, a, a comment on SoundCloud and say, you know, where's the drop because we never drop the base. Uh, and again, it's always just building to like this, like all yeah. the levels are spiking. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. So, so at Ed Zitron is Ed. I'm at Drew Toothpaste again. Thank you for listening to FTF podcast. Uh, formerly fuck the future now for talking friends or find the food, uh, go ahead and send us at FT FT Futurecast on Twitter. Send us your ideas for what we should rename this thing. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you.